Ladies and gentlemen, when, uh, when Judah was coordinating the timing for this evening's Divay uh, Torah, so we weren't necessarily looking to, to have it between Tasha Zoff and Poyan, but uh, in, in balancing uh, the community schedule and, and, uh, and other things, this is what uh, turned out. But, but timing, of course, is as everything in life, is not uh, coincidental, but, but providential. Emunna is, is very much uh, in Yana de Yama of, of Pasha Zoha and Purim. The, the mitzvah of Mechias Amalek, of, of eradicating the, uh, the memory of Amalek, perhaps more than any other mitzvah, requires total emunna. The reason for that is because the mitzvah of Mechias Amalek, at first glance, at first blush, seems to contradict, even offend, our moral sense and uh, sensibilities. Not only our subjective moral sense and sensibilities, but that moral sense which the the Torah would have us inculcate and develop within ourselves. When uh, Chazal tell us that the Gimel Simonim, the Umazu, that there were three defining uh, characteristic qualities in, in, in a Jew, the Jews are Rachmanim, they're Baishonim, they're Gomer Chasadim, they're compassionate people, they're Tzonua, they're modest, and they, they practice kindness. So none of this seems to, to, to square with our mitzvah of eradicating our Molek, even children, even, even babies. And yet, the mitzvah of Mechias HaMolek is one which we have to, with suspending and surrendering our own judgment and our own feeling, it's that one. We have to, with total emunah, we have to surrender our judgment and our moral sense to that of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in that sense, the mitzvah of Mechias HaMolek perhaps is the quintessential mitzvah of, of emunah. In fact, in, in, in yesterday's Zahaftorah, so the Malvin explains that this is what constituted uh, Shaul's sin. That, that Shaul, the Vayachmol, according to the Malvin's <coughs> understanding, the connotation of Vayachmol is that, that Shaul, Shaul disagreed. Shaul rejected HaKadosh Baruch Hu's judgment and Shaul said, no, it's, it's, it's a waste. And, and, and it's not right that, uh, that there just be this wanton, seemingly wanton destruction. And the Malvin says that he failed at this test of Emunu. That's why, presumably, it's not coincidental when the famous mission Rosh Hashanah tells us, commenting on, on the Pesukim at the end of Parshas B'Shalach, that V'hoyek Hashir Yorin Moshe Yodu V'gava Yisrael V'chashir Yaniach Yodu V'gava Amalek when Moshe Rehn would lift his, lift his, his arms so then B'nai Yisrael would prevail and when he lowered his arms so then Amalek would prevail. So the Mishnah says, how does uh, Moshe Rehn's arms, how does that affect the, uh, the, the, the tide of the, of the war. So it says, no, but rather, the Bnei Yisrael's attention was, uh, was drawn to Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, arms extended heavenward, so then, so what the mission is telling us is that the war with Amalek is waged with Emunah. Not only is it a mitzvah which, which calls upon us to have Emunah, but the, 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 the arsenal which we employ in that Nochama, in that war, is one of, of Emunah. Even within the, the Yom Tev of Purim, one theme, one salient theme of, of uh, the Yom Tev of Purim is 
the mitzvah of Amalek, the Ramban in Pashas Kiseitze, it says that the Zohar Eitha She'asa Lecha Amalek, Mikan Smach Mikun Megillah Menatova, that this is the, the basis, or this is the cue for Chazal, every mitzvah de Rabbonin requires some kind of Da'oraisadika anchor. So this is the cue, this is the anchor for the mitzvah de Rabbonin of Kriyasa Megillah, the mitzvah of remembering Amalek. So that's one salient theme of Purim. Another salient theme, of course, of, of Purim and the Megillah is, is the absence of Akadosh Baruch's name in Megillah Sester, signifying that uh, the miracles were Nisim Nistarim. Nisim Nistarim require Emunah in order to, to be identified and recognized and, and appreciated. So these two themes, in fact, converge and are really one and the same because, again, the myth of Mechiyah Samalik is about Emunah. Similarly, the, 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 the ability and the sensitivity to recognize Nisim Nistarim, hidden miracles, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's governance of the world also is one which requires a sense and a sensitivity of Emunah. So to discuss Inyane Emunah on the, in, in the week between the Pashat Zoth and Purim is very much Me'inyane de Yomit, very much Adobe Ve'ito. Basically what, what I thought maybe we'd do for, for a few minutes is a few case studies few case studies in, in, in uh, very much uh, real-life scenarios that most of us uh, encounter at, at one point or another, and, and to try to see, again, what the, uh, the applications and implications of, of emuna are in these situations. Just uh, one or two comments by way of introduction. Ob- obviously, in, in the, the, the time where we're devoting to this, um, maybe uh, Hillel could... Uh, provide an exhaustive treatment of uh, applications and implications of Emunah within uh, 45 minutes. Um, I make no such claim. Um, and uh, another comment, whatever we're going to talk about is, is not to the exclusion of Hishtadlis. Nothing is to the, is, nothing we're going to say is meant to insinuate that, that Emunah um, preaches some sort of passivity. What, what we're going to discuss is, in addition to whatever opportunity and whatever opening there is for human initiative in dealing with various challenges, what the role of, of Emunah is. And finally, if, if you'll walk away and, and, and your reaction will be that, that everything we discussed was simple and straightforward, so, first of all, I, I, I won't be offended, and uh, the truth is, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think that everything we're going to discuss, are dvarim shutim. Okay. The, the first area we'll focus on is dealing with, with adversity. And I don't know if anyone uh, coasts through life on calm, placid waters, for one's entire, uh, one's entire life, most of us deal with adversity at one time or another. Some of us deal with it more often, others of us deal with it less often, but most people at some point in, in their lives encounter, encounter the turbulence, and encounter adversity. And the adversity can come in, in different uh, forms and shapes. It can come in the form of personal disappointment. That personal disappointment might be a person at a younger stage of life maybe had his heart set on going to medical school and, and uh, spent his entire collegiate career 
being pre-med and, and invests all the hours and then and then doesn't make it into medical school. So then he takes a year off and he works in a laboratory and, and reapplies the next year and again he, he, he receives the, the, the same disappointing letter from the various medical schools to, to which he applied. The personal disappointment could be at a later stage in life. It might be that a person is, is denied a promotion which uh, seemingly he or she richly deserves. And, and it's very easy for these types of uh, experiences and the chayot Abraham and the like to engender within one a sense of frustration. A sense of frustration that here I, 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 I looked inward and, and I had the interest and, and, and uh, I thought and still think that I have the ability, again, whether it was medical school or, or whatever it was that, that, that I had targeted, and, and now I'm going to be frustrated. Now I'm going to be frustrated. So what's the Amuna perspective on this? So the Amuna perspective on this, and, and again, it, it's not really the forum to go into differences of opinion in, in, in Rishonim, so not necessarily everything we say uh, do 100% of the, the Rishonim uh, subscribe to. But what's the Amuna perspective on, on, on dealing with these types of, of personal disappointments. So there is a um, very, very fundamental teaching of the Sefer HaChinuch. The Sefer HaChinuch is commenting on the Torah's prohibition of Lossikom, against taking revenge. Okay, so I think our, our gut reaction, if we were asked to speculate on the reasons for this prohibition, so we would have said, um, because it's a corrupt ethical trait. No, you shouldn't, uh, a, person, a person wronged you, you should, uh, you should be able to be in the sky, but you should be able to, to overcome and not, uh, and not have to act in kind. You shouldn't lower yourself to his or, or her level to seek revenge. So the Sefer Achinov doesn't dismiss this, but the first reason the Sefer Achinov offers, and, and that which he elaborates on most, the Sefer Achinov says, you know why the Torah answers Nakoma? For theological reasons. Not for moral and ethical reasons, but for theological reasons. Because if I seek revenge against someone who wronged me, so the, the assumption, my, my assumption, my presumption is that he's responsible for whatever, for whatever befell me. Whatever, whatever avla it is that I feel, whatever wrong was, was perpetrated upon me to which I'm, I'm objecting, so I feel that that person was the source of what happened to me. And therefore, I want to settle the score. I, I want to even the score. If this would have happened to me anyway, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkocha Pertis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Divine Providence is such, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't allow someone else to impact my life in a way that he, for reasons which may be understandable to us, may be inscrutable to us, for reasons which he approves of, so that that person couldn't have impacted my life in the way that he did. The Sefer Achinuch says, whatever happens in terms of external circumstances in a person's life, in terms of what a person does for himself, that's a different, that's a different story. If a person goes and uh, if I go and I bang my head against the, 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 the pillar, and then I get a headache, so I don't have to attribute that to some, uh, to some heavenly uh, decree. But if someone else grabs me and, and bangs my head against the pole, so then the Sefer Achinuch says, then the Sefer Achinuch says, that no human agent, no human agency can, can, 
impact can affect someone else unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, for reasons which we may or may not understand, unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu approves of it. So what's the, what are the implications of that? The implications of that are that I thought that I was cut out of medical school, and I thought that that was the best way for me to live a productive life, and therefore I was right to, to make the Hishtadlis, I was right to, to put in the effort to try to achieve that goal, if it doesn't happen, so it's not, uh, if it doesn't happen, so it means HaKadosh Baruch was sending me a message, you know what, that wasn't the right path. Will I ever fully understand why it wasn't the right path? Maybe. Maybe in 20 years down the road, maybe in my, my second choice profession, I'll realize, Esther probably didn't, neither Esther nor Mordechai, necessarily understood initially why she... Uh, had to suffer the, the fate of becoming Achashverosh's queen, and then as things developed, so Mordechai says, now I understand it, so sometimes there are those moments in life, there are those moments of, of clarity, of, of understanding, and sometimes we don't fully understand. But either way, there's no room for frustration, because if HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't let it happen, so that means that for whatever reason, it wasn't supposed to happen. And that it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing. And fortunately, fortunately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when what we want isn't right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu overrules us. That's why when we, uh, when we bench Rosh Chodesh, so we ask that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be memali mishal slibenu latova. We don't ask that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should answer all our tefillos. We ask that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should answer our tefillos if we're davening for the right thing. I may be davening for this job, for this, uh, for this shidduch, for this... Uh, for this opportunity, if it's not the right thing, so we don't want Hakadosh Baruch Hu to answer you. Mali Hashem, Another form of, of adversity with which we sometimes have to deal is some kind of very difficult, trying personal relationship. It can be a, a family member, it can be a, a co-worker, and. Again, we're talking about whatever, whatever a person can do in terms of hishtablos, in terms of human initiative in dealing with the situation, a person should do. But what are, what are the implications and, and applications of emunah above and beyond that? So without emunah, so the, the reaction probably would be a reaction of anger. Of, of, of why of what the person feels why do I have to be constantly subjected to this person's abuse or, 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 or this co-worker's incompetence or whatever the specifics of the situation may be what's the Amuna perspective? the Amuna perspective again is that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is letting it happen he's letting it happen for the reason what's the reason? it could be the reason is that having to deal with this is going to challenge me to, in, in the area of Tikkun Amidos. There are going to be certain character traits that I'm pushed to, to develop, to refine, to perfect in having to deal with, with the, the, the adversity of, of, of this situation. There may be a certain humility that, that I'll develop. There may be a certain patience and, and, and forbearance that, 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 I'll, that I'll develop. There may be a certain perspective on what's important and what's not important that I'll be forced to, to develop in, in, in dealing with it. Maybe part of the cheshven is 
that that, uh, that 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 these trials and, and tribulations which this the relationship involves are intended as yisurim, as uh, as suffering, as a form of kapar, as a form of atonement. Maybe Hakadosh Baruch Hu is doing me the favor of uh, of giving me, granting me a sort of atonement for 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 my misdeeds. But the Amuna perspective is that if it's happening to me, so it means it's supposed to be happening to me, and therefore it's not something which should which should engender frustration. It's not something which should engender anger, but it's something which should be viewed as a challenge and an opportunity that a person is supposed to take advantage of. How do we deal with with, with sickness? So Chazal tell us Chazal tell us that if Yisu and Baramalach if a person, Rahman al is dealing with sickness, so Yimashmesh Bamasav, Yifashmesh Bamasav, the reaction should be, again, in addition to whatever, whatever Hishtadlus, whatever effort and whatever human initiative uh, can and should happen on, on a natural level, there should be a reaction of, of, of introspection. It, it's, it's not simply statistics. There's something that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is is asking. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is looking to elicit a, a, a reaction. Um, can we can we figure out what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants? So I don't know. But but more importantly, if a person goes about it in a healthy fashion, meaning a person doesn't doesn't beat himself up and and, and doesn't uh, hold himself or herself to to an unreal standard, there won't be any wrong answers. Let's say a person has some kind of... Uh, he, has, he has certain symptoms. It's not clear. Different aches and pains. So he goes to the doctor. So the doctor takes an, an MRI and, and runs a whole battery of tests and, and the doctor discovers three distinct uh, problems or issues that, that, that he has. And they're all very real. He can he can point to the to the MRI and, and, and show and, and, and show the irregularity and, 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 and he can point to the to, to the blood tests, to the blood work and, and, and show what's amiss in, in, in the results. Now did the doctor did the doctor discover the source of the, the problems which brought the patient to him in the first place? Maybe yes, maybe no. But the point is, he didn't come up with wrong answers. He may not have come up with the right answer, but he didn't come up with wrong answers either. When a person engages in a cheshvan and nefesh, so there's no, there's no guarantee that a person is going to be able to, uh, to, to diagnose and to pinpoint exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's message is to him. But as long as a person goes about it in a healthy in a healthy uh, fashion, not in some kind of uh, religious, uh, masochistic uh, fashion, but a person goes about it in a healthy, normal fashion, there are no wrong answers. Because, again, if the MRI shows something, so maybe that's not what was causing the pain in my knee, in my back in the first place, but the MRI has successfully uncovered something which needs to, to be addressed. Maybe let's just take one one final example of, of the type of uh, adversity. 
sometimes people have to deal with the with, with unemployment now in addition to the possible reactions of anger anger at the boss whoever it is who's uh, responsible for the uh, for, for the pink slip in addition to, to possible feelings of frustration so certainly one overriding concern is, is worry worry about how uh, how a person is going to continue to uh, to meet his financial responsibilities, how a person is going to continue paying the bills. The, the Chobos Alvavos writes, Rebbein Bachi writes in Chobos Alvavos in Shara HaBitochon, he says that one of the corollaries of Bitochon, of a sense of trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, trust is sort of the, I guess, the, the premier application of Emuna. A person has faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore that translates into an attitude of trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Ben Abathia says that, that, that perhaps the, that, that one of the corollaries of having Betachan is that a person has a sense of Menuchas HaNefesh. A person has a sense of, 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 of calm and, and composure because, again, in terms of external circumstances, a person can't be complacent about himself or herself, but in terms of external circumstances impacting me, so I know that things aren't accidental and things aren't happenstance. I know. I thought it's Baruch who is running the world. And, and, Hashlech uh, Hashem And a person, therefore, can trust in, in Akadosh Baruch So a person doesn't have to just uh, calculate, well, based on, on, on the economic forecast, what's going to be. And based on the economic forecast, I, I don't see any prospects. Hayad Hashem Tikta, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can, can figure out how to channel uh, a Yeshua to a person in, in, in any uh, economic situation. Moshe Lamad over Dome, let's say Rachman Lutzlan, a person loses a job. But he has either, so he has a, 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 a rich father who, who loves him, who, who dotes on him. Or maybe he doesn't have a rich father, but he has uh, he has a very very well-to-do friend. His his closest friend since childhood. They they've been close for 20, 30 years since childhood, and he knows that if he turns to them, that they're not going to turn him away. They're not going to turn him away. So even though again the he's he's hit by 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 this blow of, of unemployment, but he knows I'm not worried. My father is going to stand behind me. My, my, my best friend, we, we've been we've been as close as this since uh, since childhood. He's not going to abandon me in this time. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, our belief is, is Avinu Avar Achaman. Hakadosh Baruch Hu also Rashi in the Gemara and Shabbos quotes the pasuk in Mishlei when Hillel tells the Ger the Kolatara Kula is Rahafta the Rafa Kamocha. So how can that be? So Hillel tells, uh, Hillel tells the Ger, that's what Kolot HaRukul is. So Rashi says, what does it mean? Because the Pesach in Mishri says, Ve'acha ve'ya avicha, al-tazo or something, that you shouldn't abandon your friend and your father's friend. So who's your friend and who's your, 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 your father's friend? That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a person's best friend also. So, if a person lost a job, but, but he knew that he has a compassionate and rich father, He's not gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna be. He's gonna be relaxed about it. If he knows that he has a compassionate and and uh, friend who has who has deep pockets, he's also 
he's going to be able to, to deal, he's going to be able to, to cope with, with, with the situation. Okay, maybe let's move to a different, uh, a different uh, area. Another very basic belief of ours is that Olam Haza is a temporary existence, a temporary existence, and that eternal life is an Olam Haba. Now that in no way devalues life in Olam Haza. On the contrary, Hayom La'asosam, Umachalakavoscharam, it, it infuses, it imbues every moment of life of Olam Hazah with uh, indescribable preciousness. But clearly, the, the, the implication of that emuna, as Chazal tells us in Perkyavos, is our Olam Hazah Dome, the Prozdor, and our Olam Hazah Litrakla, Haskin Asimcha Bipozdor, Kadesh Tikanis Litrakla. If Olam Hazah is, is temporary, and one's uh, ultimate uh, fulfillment can't come about, can't result from this worldly achievements or, or uh, acquisitions. So it means that the very clear implication of that Amunah is that our orientation should be towards Olam Haba. Now, unquestionably, Now, unquestionably, part of the Nisayan, part of the challenge that Hadash Baruch gives us in Olam Haza is to retain that focus on Olam Haba while having to deal with certain mundane challenges. We have to, we, we have to again, take initiative in, in earning a livelihood and we have to maintain health and we have to attend to the physical and mundane needs of uh, not only our own, but of, of, of our family. But that's part of the Nisoyim, again, to, to juggle that and to balance that. But the focus has to be on that which transcends Olam Hazah. The focus has to be on Avodah Hashem, which transcends Olam Hazah. It has to be on, on, on Olam Haba. Rabbeinu Bachi, again, in Cholos Alvavos, has a very, very sharp formulation. And I guess sharp is, is the way we describe uh, truth that, uh, that jar us. Um, it probably shouldn't be sharp, but, uh, but, but from, from our perspective, it's, it's a very sharp formulation. Rabbeinu Bachi says in Cholos Alvavos, he says that, that love of Olam Hazer, and, and by that he doesn't mean, he's not talking about the Vilna Gaon's love of Olam Hazer, about the ability to be Mekai Mitzvah Lulav and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and Esrog. He means love of Olam Hazer in terms of uh, material and physical pleasure and enjoyment. He says love of Olam Hazer and love of Olam Haba can no more coexist than water and fire. A person is either oriented towards Olam Hazah or is oriented towards Olam Haba. The degree, the extent to which I'm oriented towards Olam Hazah, again, Olam Hazah, not in the sense of, of valuing every second of time, not in the sense of looking at life as such a wonderful blessing and privilege and opportunity, but Olam Hazah, love of Olam Hazah, in the sense of, of, of the pleasures and the enjoyment of Olam Hazah, the degree to which I'm oriented towards Olam Hazah, the degree to which I love Olam Hazah, to that degree I cannot love Olam Hazah. 
I can't. The, the two are the two are antithetical. Olam Haba, again, whether Olam Haba is is body and soul together, or whether Olam Haba is only is only the soul, doesn't make a difference. But everyone agrees that it's a spiritual existence. Whether it's a spiritual existence of body and soul, or whether it's a spiritual existence only of the soul, but it's clearly a a, a, a spiritual existence. So we believe that. We believe that, and and and, uh, and and that's a basic basic belief of of in, in Olam Haba. But that also has very clear implications and, and applications in terms of what the correct balance is within our lives between balancing the, the Gashmius and the Rukhmius, the materialism and the spirituality within our lives. This is especially challenging in our society because the, the, the Western society in, in which we live has, has lost any sense whatsoever of what moderation means it's lost any any sense of where the line really should be drawn between what we need as opposed to what we enjoy. The the the, the, the definition of need keeps on getting inflated more and more so that what the previous generations didn't even dream about as uh, as, as, as a luxury, so for us is uh, is, uh, is 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 a basic is a basic need. So in 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 attempting to restore the correct balance again, which is implied, which is dictated by our emuna between the gashmis and the rochnis, we can't really take our cue from what society, or even what we hitherto have defined as moderate and as where the line between need and, 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 and luxury should be drawn, I think we need to, to redefine the, the, the terms. But let, let's move to another realm, priorities. How often does it happen that, that we, we run out of show early in the morning because we have some kind of very important uh, business meeting of the like. Again, all of these examples can be adjusted. Uh, um, I don't mean to pick any more on doctors and businessmen than on accountants and uh, Indian chiefs. So uh, um, they can all be uh, they can all be, be adjusted, obviously. Okay, so that's nice and beholdium. There's, uh, there's an important meeting in the office. At, uh, at 8 o'clock, it takes me uh, 30 to 40 minutes to, to drive to the office. The minion begins at, at 7, so I have to, I have to run out. Uh, I have to run out a few minutes early. Erev Shabbos, it's hard in the, in the wintertime. It's hard to, to leave at 12 o'clock. It's uh, not even half a day. It's hard. Okay, so your husband that Lich mentioned is 4 o'clock. The expansion is four o'clock. Uh, usually, usually when things, uh, when, when there's not nothing uh, un, un, unforeseen, if I leave at three o'clock, I, I should uh, I, I should get home and from the driveway, you know, if the windows open, answer Amen when my wife uh, ventures with. It should uh, <laughs> it should work out. 
So the Chavos Alvavos again tells a story. The Chavos Alvavos tells a story about a Chassid Echad um, who, I guess he was maybe, in, in, I guess, in the modern equivalent of the import-export business. So he used to travel overseas. So in the... In, in, in the... Chavos uh, Alvavos day, almost, uh, almost a thousand years ago, so obviously... Whenever a person traveled uh, overseas, he literally was ri- risking his life. Literally, it was sakanas uh, nefashas. So once this this chassid echad uh, encounters someone, and, and uh, the person says to the chassid echad, "Tell me, uh, well, where do you believe your your sustenance? Where do you believe your panasa comes from?" So the chassid says, "It comes from Ibrahim." Where else? So he says to the Chassid Echad, and, and uh, if the Yvon Shalom doesn't want, doesn't want to give it to you, so with all your effort and, and, and with all your, uh, your, your strategizing, are you going to be able to, to get what the Yvon Shalom doesn't want to give you? He says, no, absolutely not. A mashu? A few thousand dollars? Not a penny. So he says, what do you think? He says, the Yvon Shalom can't channel you your money unless you risk your life. So the Chavos Alvavos writes that that Chosid Echad, from that day on, from that day on, he sought out a different, uh, a different source of livelihood. Now, obviously, if, if uh, Ben Bachi were alive today, he'd give a different example, right? I don't think he would say that, that a person can't uh, fly overseas to, uh, to attend to business. So, so the example is, is outdated, but clearly the, the, the message isn't. So if we think again about applications and implications of Emunah, so, it's kind of mind-boggling. So, we run out of show. What are we running out of show for? Because we have to make a Tanasa. And what are we running out from? We're running out from... So, we rush through our Shmon Esrei, and we're maybe not even there for Chazar Sashat. If we're there for Chazar Sashat, so then we're, we're, we're busy uh, finishing davening and uh, folding our towels and tefillin at the same time and... Uh, and, and uh, checking our, our cell phones for, for messages pertaining to, to, to this meeting. So what's going to determine the success of the meeting? If we stay in Shul and we dive in Baruch Aleinu and we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the Siyat HaDashmai and the Parnosa, so then maybe the meeting is going to be successful. And then if we answer Amen Chazar Sashat the Baruch Aleinu, but... but we, we, we seem to, to, to lose... The, the message of the, of the implications of Emunah is Panosa Kansan Ivan Shalom. Komes and Osu Shalom Ksuven. I will Panosa Kansan Ivan Shalom. So, how can it be that we run out of Shul before davening is over? I, but there's an 8 o'clock meeting. Okay, so maybe there's a 6 o'clock minion. Maybe there's a 6.30 minion. Or, or maybe you tell them, I can't attend the meeting at 8 o'clock. If, if, if the neighborhood doesn't have a, a 6 to 6.30 minutes, so either complain to the rabbi and tell him that he should, uh, that he should, he should make a 6 or 6.30 minutes. Or, uh, or if he runs away to Eretz Yisrael and you can't, and you can't uh, complain to him, so then, uh, so then tell him, you can't make the, uh, you can't make the, uh, the, the 8 o'clock uh, meeting. I can't do it. I can't do it. We mentioned the, the example of Erev Shabbos. So, w- what is Shabbos? What is Shabbos? So, what we believe, what our Emunah is, that Shabbos is Shkula, can I call it Harukul? 
It's one of those things that is shkula connected to Allah Torah. You put Allah Torah on one side of a scale, you put Shabbos on the other side of the scale, it's shkula connected to Allah Torah. It, 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 it affirms our belief that HaKadosh Baruch who created the world. It's a day when, again, we're freed from all mundane, or most, many mundane commitments and involvements, Yom Ashri, Shabbos Hashem, Lekecha, to focus on cultivating our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's Shkula Kenegid Chalat HaRukula. Moshele Mahadar Let's say you're driving on, on a rather narrow, narrow country uh, road in uh, upstate. Okay. So if it's a rather narrow road. So if to the side of the road there's a drop of an inch or two, okay, so it's not so terrible if, uh, if, if, if my car will, will veer off the road. It's not so terrible. So I'm probably not going to slow down. I'll, I'll, I'll drive my, my regular 55 or 65. If it happens, it happens. Okay. Let's say instead of being an inch or two drop, let's say it's a five or a six inch drop. Okay, I'm going to slow down a little bit. I don't think I'm going to crawl along at uh, 20 or, or 15 miles an hour because, uh, okay, it may, it may damage one of the tires a little bit and uh, all things being equal. So I, I'd rather that not happen, but no, no, no. I, I, can, I can deal with the consequences. But let's say it's one of these wind, windy uh, roads, mountain roads, and then there's a drop. It's, it's a long, there's a precipitous drop. You, you, it's along the side of, 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 of a cliff. So then you slow down to 10 miles an hour because the consequences, of, the odds are still the same, right? Whether or not it's a two-inch drop or whether or not it's a two-mile drop, the odds are still the same. The odds are, are, are overwhelmingly in, in my favor. But even when odds are overwhelmingly in our favor, you don't bet unless you can afford to lose. Right? That's... Uh, <coughs> So if someone asks what he wants tonight, you can tell him you got the phone at <laughs> You don't bet unless you can afford to lose. No matter how good, no matter how good the uh, the odds are, and no matter how overwhelming they are in your favor, if you can't afford to lose, you can't bet. Everyone knows that. Because otherwise, because sometimes the odds don't play out, and sometimes the odds don't work out in uh, in in our favor. So the question is, what Shabbos? So when I, light, when I leave at 3 o'clock, when left mention is 4 o'clock. Yeah, so all things being equal, I should get home. Uh, I should get home by, by left mention. All things are not always equal. So if Shabbos is, okay, it's something I do. It's something I do. It's a two-inch drop. So I'll leave at 3 o'clock. Well, let's say there's a, there's a forecast for snow. It's already snowing on, on Friday. And, and we've heard all kinds of horror stories of what happens when there's a snowstorm. On, on, uh, on, on an Arab Shabbos. So the question is, is it a two-inch drop off the side of the road if we don't get home in time for Shabbos? Or is it a two-mile drop? So clearly, what our Emunah tells us about Shabbos is that it's a two-mile drop. So that's also a clear application and, and implication. Just very, very quickly, I'd like to touch on, on two other points. In, in most situations, Hemuna notwithstanding, we have to be very practical and very realistic. And, and the reason for that is that even though we have Hemuna, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also wants us to, 
to invest effort, to show initiative, because that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses to channel His bracha to us. So again, so, so Emuna doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, preach any kind of passivity, any kind of quiescent uh, approach to life is, is not at all dictated by Emunah. Nevertheless, there are certain situations where our Emunah will tell us that even though practically it doesn't seem so realistic, but it's something we're going to do anyway. The, the, the Rav Zechon Levacha was uh, fond of saying, Margala Bifunei, especially in, in the uh, early years, when, when he came to, to this country, so he used to try to, 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 to energize people and, and, and to, to bolster the, their confidence. He used to say, I don't know if it's possible to be mechanech children in America. I don't know if it's possible for them to, to carry a double load of a dual curriculum. I don't know. When I think about it in the abstract, I'm not sure it's possible. Because maybe it's impossible. But one thing I know is that we have to do it. So certain things are so basic and so fundamental that here Emuna says, if it's so basic and it's so fundamental and it's so clear that it's so clear that this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, at this point, you try to be as practical as you can, you try to be as realistic as you can, but if this is clearly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, so then we have to do it even if it doesn't seem possible, even if we can't begin to, 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 to anticipate how it's going to play out, how it's going to succeed. The, the, the example of Chinuch remains true. There's no question that, 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 that the cost of, of, of sending our children to yeshivas at times is, is astronomical. There's no question. And, and, and the, the more blessed with, with children a family is, so the more astronomical the, the cost. Is it possible to, to send, to, to be able to deal with so many tuition bills? So I think the answer the Rav would tell us is, I don't know, maybe it's not possible, but one thing is clear, that's not an area in, in which we can compromise. And not even from the youngest age, from the youngest age, to even preschool age, children absorb influences. It's not true that uh, only in high school, no. Children are like sponges. They're absorbing influences of their environment. Again, when they're two, when they're three years old, they're already absorbing, they're already parroting, they're already, uh, they're already, they're already imitating. It's, it's already making some kind of imprint and impact upon them. So is it possible to, to carry the burden of all these tuitions? I don't know, probably not. But the answer is, clearly HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it, then Eich it has to happen. It has to happen. In, in, in conclusion, I just want to reflect very quickly on, on the following. I think most of us are pretty clear about the various uh, emunos that we've, that we've been talking about tonight. Our belief in, in, in Hashkocha Pratis our belief in the transience of Olam Haza and the eternity of Olam Haba, 
our belief in, in what priorities should be in life. So why is it that, that, that too often we find ourselves unsuccessful in, in living in accordance with these various, again, implications and applications of emunah? The, the answer is a combination of two factors. Factor number one is that the Torah expects that we not only know and believe these basics of emuna, but we internalize them. Not only would we have given a, a questionnaire, do you believe in Hashgacha Fatis? Check the yes box. Do you believe in, in, in the, the transience of Olam Haza and the eternity of Olam Haza? We check the yes box. So that's, that's the starting point. But then, once we know that and believe that, we have to internalize it. Because if we don't know it, if we only know it, but don't, don't believe it, don't internalize it, it's too easy to get distracted. That's certainly not the direction in which the tide of, of most people who, who populate this earth, that's certainly not the direction in which they're headed. If it's not the direction in which they're headed, so that means there are very strong currents pulling us in, in the wrong direction. If it's not internalized, it's almost inevitable, almost inevitable that we become distracted from it. So it has to be internalized. How is it internalized? So basically, in this forum, there are two approaches. One approach um, is, is that, again, is that which, which Ramchal in, in the Silas Yesharim presents, which is simply that when a person knows something, so we make the mistake of saying, I know it, and, and I, I reviewed it, I remember it, so now let's learn something new. So that may be enough to cement it intellectually, to make sure that, that intellectually one has a grasp on it. But in order to internalize it, so that's what Ramchal writes, he says, you have to learn the Seel show again and again and again and again. Why? Because I'm not trying to tell you anything you don't know. I'm trying to help you internalize it. And the way one internalizes it, it's not a magical formula. It's very, uh, very prosaic, very down-to-earth. The way we internalize is by constantly reinforcing. If a person is working again on... The, 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 the transience of, of, of Olam Haza, the eternity of Olam Haba, so let him take the mission in Perkyovos, write it down on an index card, of Olam Haza, Dome Leprosda, and Olam Haba, Dome Letrachlan, that Olam Haza is the antechamber, is the waiting room, and Olam Haba is the, is, the, is the banquet hall. And let a person have that on an index card, and read that index card 30 times a day. 30 times a day. Let him even say it aloud to himself, and that constant reinforcement is the way a person makes the transition from knowing to, to internalizing. The other method is more of a behavioral approach. The Rambam talks about this in Hilchus Deus. Again, there, there are many other Marimakomos on, on both sides, and the two are not competing. They're, they're, they're complementary. Is that if a person acts in accordance with a, with a fundamental belief, that helps him internalize the belief within himself. So let, let's go back to one of the examples we spoke about. Let's say again the, the, the belief, the core belief that yes, we're called upon to take initiative and yes, we have to invest effort and time but ultimately our panos is going to come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the first word and the last word about what our panos will be. Okay, so that's something we want to internalize. 
So according to the Rambam and Hilchus Deus, so I haven't internalized it yet. But if I'll stop and think about it and force myself not to leave Shul early, again, we'll go to the earlier minion. But Eichshu, I'm not going to make that 8 o'clock minion at the expense of leaving, davening early. If I'll do that time and time again, and one time I'll tell them, I'm sorry, it's a crucial meeting, I can't be there. If, if there's no early minion for me to go to, to be there on time, I'm sorry, I can't be present as a minion. Those actions, again, which, which bespeak a certain emuna, help us then instill and, uh, and internalize. Right? That's So those two approaches, one, the, the reinforcement, as it were, the direct appeal to the heart, Reinforcement again, the relationship between Olam Hazda and, and Olam Haba, the the the, the, the all-encompassing nature of, of divine providence of Hashkafah Pratis and all its applications and implications appeal directly to the heart. Reinforce time and time again. There's no chiddush in it. There doesn't have to be a chiddush in it. It's just the, the the reinforcement that plus the actions which are predicated upon these emunas which bespeak it are the way that, 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 we, that we try to internalize. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should, should give us the, the Siyata Dishmaya of HaBodhi Torah Masayin also, that, that we should be able to, to internalize and that we should be able to live in accordance with all these uh, applications of Emunah.